This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 1, Episode 19, Annual Periodicity. Periodicity is defined by dictionary.com as a noun, the character of being periodic, the tendency to recur at regular intervals. Annual means it happens on a 12-month cycle. Thus, annual periodicity is the seasonality of fly fishing, being able to predict where to fish, what to fish, and why you are fishing there are the flies you are using based on the calendar. The fact that fly fishermen can time a specific fishing trip based on the calendar. There are different things I'm going to mention and it's basically going to be based on migrations, births, deaths, weather, food, and vacation. I'm going to hit every month with a specific bullet point from anglers, vacation, weather, plants, fish, bugs, flies, and fishing. Let's start with fish migrations for annual periodicity. Based on the season and the internal clock of fish, we've already mentioned this in salmon, steelhead, and brown trout fisheries in a previous podcast. Salmon have that annual drive to spawn in the fall they're going to swim up their natal streams the steelhead are going to follow them to eat their eggs where the steelhead are going to wait in the rivers over winter after being fattened up on eggs and spawn in the spring brown trout are going to follow salmon and steelhead they're going to spawn in the fall as well salmon are going to die steelhead and browns can live throughout the winter and after spawning striped bass and bluefish are also 
A very popular sport fish, and their fishing is based on annual periodicity. Tarpon is based on annual periodicity. Sharing, had, perch, eels, lamprey, striped bass are all annual periodicity fish. Brook trout, and last but not least, false albacore. Bug hatches, you have famous bug hatches that happen based on the time of year. Every magazine you're going to read is going to hit one of these points. Fly shops in the back on their chalkboard are going to hit these points. You're always going to hear certain bug hatches that happen at a certain time of the year. The salmon fly hatch on the Black Canyon of the Gunnison, that's a famous one. The white fly hatch on the Yellow Breaches, very famous. The drake hatches on the Roaring Fork in Colorado. You hear about the Isonychia hatches in the Great Lakes, where the hatches are so big they show up on radar. Yellow sallies on Big Hunting Creek and the Gunpowder River of Maryland. Pale morning duns or PMDs on the Colorado River in Colorado. Various mayflies all appear at a certain point of the year on the Shenandoah National Park streams. Hoppers and beetles, of course, you think summertime. Cicadas, you can have annual and periodical cicadas. Annual are the ones that show up every year. Periodicals can be those brood X every 15 to 17 years. Vacations happen on a periodic calendar. Winter vacation, spring break, summer vacation. Fly fishing periodicity can be based on the holidays. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, the Super Bowl, St. Patrick's Day, July 4th, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And finally, weather has annual periodic events. You can always base fly fishing on ice off, mud season, spring floods, vacation, the dog days of summer, and the first frost. I'm going to do this podcast based on the 12 months of the year. We're going to start with January. Anglers are mostly indoors at this time of year. They're tying flies and getting ready for the spring. They're also going to fly fishing shows throughout different states. They're playing with new fly fishing equipment they got over the holidays. Most likely, they're not actually using them. Vacations. Most anglers want to go to warmer climates, closer to the equator, getting sun to avoid the winter blues. The weather's cold and snowy out. Most streams are frozen. The days are getting longer and brighter by the minute. It's pretty dreary outside. The woods are brown and gray. Almost all submerged aquatic vegetation have died back. Whatever mistletoe wasn't picked last month shows bright green in the tall trees in the forests. Fish are cold and lethargic. They're hunkered down deep in the cold water and seeking warm springs and power plant warm discharges. In previous podcasts, we learned that fish are exothermic. Their temperature is based on their surroundings. If the water is cold, they are cold. Thus, they are not going to be moving. They are going to be holding tight and eating whatever comes to them. They really are not going to be chasing down food because, again, they're going to burn more calories chasing that food than they will likely gain from eating that food. Bugs. Mostly midges and winter stoneflies. Some people call the winter stoneflies snowflies. You might get some mayfly hashes if it's warm and cloudy, but you're pretty much stuck with small insects that are in and along the riverbank. Flies. They're going to choose small patterns for midging and nymphing. Zebra midges, juju patterns, brassies, tiny pheasant tails and hare's ears. 
If you're fishing the tailwaters, you might be fishing mysid shrimps. If you're going to throw streamers, you're going to have to throw big ones, big enough to entice that slow fish to actually move, knowing that that fish will opt for gaining calories from that major food source. You're going to be stuck fishing mostly tailwaters, and the fish are going to migrate towards the top of those, where the water is constantly coming out. We've talked in previous podcasts that the two miles after most tailwaters in the winter start to ice up. Those fish, if they can, will swim upstream. Spring creeks, where the water is the same temperature year-round, the fish won't really know it's that cold outside. They're constantly bathed in, say, 55-degree water, which allows the insect life to grow constantly, which allows the fish to grow constantly, and the submerged aquatic vegetation also grows constantly. Warm water discharges from power plants, like Dickerson Power Plant on the Potomac and Four Mile Run in Northern Virginia, are places where anglers around here are going to congregate. We're going to fish those areas because water is warm and the fish are going to congregate there. You can even catch fish and dry flies when it's 30 degrees out. I'm talking sunfish and bass. Those fish are in 70 degree water. They don't really realize that it's cold air and things aren't moving. Stoneflies are very active, so we're going to throw stoneflies at Dickerson and pheasant tail nymphs at Four Mile. Then you get away from this. Um, you can actually see the warm water derivations. All of a sudden, the ice is going to start forming downstream and off the banks, and that's where the warm water eventually cools. So there's a visible mark as to where to fish. There's steam coming off the water, and there's no ice. It's fairly obvious. February. Spring is near. Anglers are still going to fly fishing shows. The big one in Somerset, New Jersey just passed. We've got... Pasadena, California, you've got Wilmington, North Carolina, you've got Philly coming up. All different fly fishing shows based on where you are in the country. If you're lucky enough to go on vacation, you're probably down in the Florida Keys or somewhere tropical. For the weather, it's cold and snowy. However, towards the end of the month, it's staying light until at least 6 p.m. and it's getting brighter every morning. More time to fish. It's still brown out in the woods. However, you still get evergreens, rhododendrons, and mountain laurels, which are going to be green along the streams over winter and add some color to the woods. The fish are still moving slow and hunkered down. Early shad will start to trickle up the tidal rivers. However, our gizzard shads, the ones with the creepy goat eyes and the blunt nose, and they smell horrible. Don't ever touch that fish if you can avoid it. Just don't. Those guys are going to be around. They're going to be splashing in the water. They seem to be annual residents. For the periodic ones, you'll start getting American hickory shads. That's all based on water temperatures. You'll get some that will come up early. The warm days with longer light will activate sunfish to feed. Congregating near warm springs and tailwaters, the trout will also be feeding. Fish are still going to be finding their way to the warm water power plants. Most people don't know that our power plants have huge congregations of koi, goldfish, and Asian and European carp that will congregate. There's some days where the entire river will be covered. If you're on a bridge looking down, you will see nothing but three-foot-long carp and catfish and traffic cone orange 18-inch koi. They are there for that warmth. They're ectotherms. They're going to go to where they can warm up. When it's cold, you go by a fireplace to warm up, even though you make your own body heat. We learned that earlier. Your body heat is derived from the food you eat. Energy is always lost in the form of heat. 
For the bugs, warmer days tend to, to bring off more mayflies. They're going to start getting active. Midges and stoneflies are just as prevalent. Not much change from January patterns. Still throwing midges, small pheasant tails, small hare's ears, stuff with flash, stuff with bead heads. Make that morsel shining attractive that the fish is going to open its mouth when it drifts near it. Streamers are still going to be phenomenal flies. Throw something big and beefy, weighted, rubber legs, something that's going to push and vibrate the water. Make those fish go out of their way to eat it. For the fishing, just get out of the house. Don't have cabin fever just because it's the third month of winter. Avoid it. Warmer days will have active fish and anglers, so try the cold and snowy days. If it's a 50 or 60 degree day, everyone's going to be on the water. So go out when it's nasty. We've already learned how to layer properly for the cold. Thus, wear your layers, get out there, and fish when other people aren't. Most of those guys, if it's that cold, are going to be catching up on their DVR. Work hard and you'll be rewarded. February has just as good fishing as January and December. Now for March. Anglers are busy preparing for opening season in several locations. Vacations include spring break with your friends, family, or solo. It's windy, it's rainy, and there's still late season snow. I don't know if it has to do with climate change or what, but the wind in Northern Virginia and D.C. over the last couple of years has gotten extremely bad. The last couple of weeks, we have had gusts repeatedly up to 60 miles an hour. There have been forest fire warnings. There was a fire that jumped the beltway, which is four lanes in one direction, median four lanes in the other. I was throwing a shooting head last week, and it was blowing right back at me. It was about a 400 grain. So, you know, they used to say March was windy, but now it's at least once a week we're getting some sort of wind event. Snowmelt and rain turn the rivers to chocolate milk. Pay attention to those USGS water flow data. You don't want to be fishing when there's trees and all sorts of litter coming down and the fish can't feel or see your fly. The water is still going to be rather, relatively cold, so those fish are still going to be rather slow as well. Skunkweed is starting to pop up in the lower parts of the woods. You have vernal pools, which are forming. A vernal pools is a depression in the ground in the woods. Every year it fills with water, and you're going to have various amphibians go there to reproduce. You're going to have all of your salamanders, frogs, and toads are going to start migrating towards these vernal pools, which will be around just long enough for them to lay their eggs, the eggs to hatch to tadpoles, or whatever their larvae are, and then become adults and move on. By the time they are ready to move on, that hole is probably already dried up. It's a, it's a really cool phenomenon you'll see in the woods. So be on the lookout. Vernal is Latin for spring, so it's a spring pool. I still remember one kid brought um, skunkweed to our teacher in fifth grade, and uh, she didn't know what it was, and then somebody stomped on it, and the whole classroom smelled like skunks. It was pretty gross. The crocuses are going to start sprouting on the sun-drenched hills. Uh, violets and dandelions begin to emerge. You know the warm days are not far off. Fish, most anglers are going to be focusing on mountain brook trout because the Potomac is still going to have way too much water in it. Tailwaters, uh, Big Hunting Creek, the Savage River, and Gunpowder are going to be your popular waters. Spring Creeks, Latorte, Big Spring, uh, Big... Um, what else are we fishing? Uh, Falling Springs, Mossy Creek, Beaver Creek, Maryland Beaver Creek, Virginia. These are the streams that have that water year-round and can be um, productive year-round. So they're dependable. People can go to those when their seasonal fisheries aren't 
up to par yet. Steelhead are going to start spawning, so you're going to get anglers that are going to start tying up their steelhead flies to get ready for their late March spring uh, steelhead runs. Coastal anglers are going to start working the tidal sections for spring migrations. The striped bass are going to get active in the south and then move farther north. You also get um, walleye are waking up in the Potomac. So get those flies deep, get a 350-grain sinking line, sink tip, and some weighted flies, and get those gold and white flashy flies down for the walleye. Your bugs, mayflies are getting active in the Shenandoah National Park, March Browns, Hendrickson's, Gordon's. Black caddis, winter stoneflies are crawling out of the rocks, crawling up you. They're going to be on your sunglasses, crawling on your neck. On those warm days in the 60s, terrestrials will start showing their heads. You'll start seeing ants flying around, getting ready to mate for the spring. Beetles, crane flies are going to be dangling from overhanging stream banks. What flies should you throw? Well, anything that represents those. Mayflies, Quill Gordons, March Browns, Hendrickson's, Royal Wolves. I mean, these brook trout don't see much food. People would come into our shop and say, oh, it's March. i got to have a size 14 March Brown. I'm like, dude, just take a royal wolf out there. These fish do not care if it's a March Brown, a Hendrickson, Quill Gordon. As long as they're getting food, they are going to go after it. You don't need a specific fly. That's why the Mr. Rapidan is uh, such a popular fly here because it looks like all the bugs, and you can see it. Hares, ears, and pheasant tails are great attractor nymphs. You're going to get some BWO nymphs too. Um, black caddis and stoneflies. A black caddis will represent a stonefly in the water. They look the same. San Juan worms for those days when the runoff is eroding the banks and sending aquatic worms downstream. A foam beetle will get most of your terrestrials in black or green. And start throwing small micro egg patterns if you're fishing out west in the tailwaters for cutthroats. Let other people watch March Madness. I don't care about March Madness, so when everyone else is watching that, I'm going to be out fishing. Get out and fish. It's getting warm out. When others are hungover from St. Patrick's Day, you can get up early and go fish and have the stream to yourself. Next up is April. Fishing after working on the weekends. We want to fish. Opening day for trout starts on April 1st in several states. For your vacation, I've actually met some guys in D.C. who took off three weeks to come in from Montana and Wyoming just for the shad run. People are heading down to the Gulf Coast for tarpon and snook. And while other people are getting ready to go golfing, you can start fishing. They say golf is for people who haven't discovered fly fishing. In college, it's finals time. That's what got me out in the springtime fishing. On the Rappahannock, shad and striped bass would come up. I could take my break from the library, have my eight weight rigged up in the car, go down, fish the Rappahannock for a couple hours when the tide was flowing out. When the tide stopped, I'd head back to the library. These things are all based on annual periodicity. If it's finals for college, it's shad season. If it's March Madness the month before, it's brook trout in the mountains or walleye in the rivers. If you get my drift, you can start marking your calendar every year. Pick a day based on what you know is going to be happening. Warm days start making us feel like we're cold-blooded organisms. We can get out and warm up. People start getting active when it's warm. We're just like snakes and lizards. We start getting active when it gets to 60 degrees out. Mud season now is upon us. That warm weather is melting the snow. So if you're up in the mountains, you're going to get lots of runoff, which makes most of the rivers unfishable. 
plants. You're going to get your dogwoods blooming, tulips, cherry blossoms. You don't want to fish the tidal basin in April because of the tourists. You're going to get thousands of people every day on the tidal basin looking at cherry blossoms. The last thing you want to do is hook a bunch of kids in the face while you're roll casting a fly out there. They also say shad and dogwoods occur at the same time. If the dogwoods are in bloom, there's a good chance the shad are going to be thick in their run. Staminate catkins. Staminate is the male part. It's an ugly green flower like oak trees and maple trees. These are going to dump pollen over the place. Staminate catkins are ugly green flowers. They're not colorful. They were colorful. They would have sticky pollen that birds and insects would bring. Ugly green flowers produce powdery pollen. That's going to blow and get on everything. Your car is going to be green and yellow. The rivers and ponds are going to have all sorts of windblown pollen on them. This stuff is fine and powdery, and it is coming out before the leaves. If there were leaves on the trees, the pollen would get stuck on the leaves. So it comes out before it can blow through the trees and land on the female reproductive organs. So what does that mean for you? Take your Claritin. When a pollen grain lands in your mucous membranes, it can't tell the difference between that and a sticky female flower. When it lands on something sticky, it starts to sprout a pollen tube, which can grow up to five inches, depending on the flower. That twisting and turning of that little pollen tube of the male flower actually reproducing with your mucous membranes is what causes you to sneeze. So it's going to release histamines. You're going to start sneezing. You take your antihistamines. That prevents the sneezing. This is fly fishing consultant, but I like botany. So there's your breakdown. Okay, where was I? Uh, plants. Yes. Um, all right, so take your clarinet before you head out. Fish, it's spawning season. Shad and stripers and herring are all coming up the river. First, we get the yellow perch. Then we get the white perch. When you catch the white perch, the males are always going to spooge on you, so don't squeeze them too hard. After the, uh, the shad come in, you're going to get the stripers. The stripers are there to eat the shad. They're going to build up their fat reserves on those females, which are up to 50 inches in the tidal Potomac. They are huge down there. They're going to be eating gigantic shad. Herring come in. The snakeheads are waking up. They're going to start eating all those perch. All the snakeheads move up river and congregate around Chain Bridge. If you don't believe me that it looks like bowling balls are being dropped in the river, go down there in a month. You will crap yourself the first time a 30-inch snakehead comes up to breathe, splashes, and gets you wet literally under your feet. It is one of the coolest things you'll ever see. Catfish are waking up. They're going to be eating all those other migrating fish. You're going to see carp rolling in the shallows as they start to mate. You're going to catch some of the biggest crappie of the season. So trout season's opening up, so you're going to be fishing for steelhead and rainbows and stock trout all around the East Coast. Lots of anglers are going to be heading up to the Great Lakes Tribs to be catching all the steelhead that are coming in now to spawn or have spent the entire winter season in that river. Bugs, the big three, stonefly, mayfly, caddis. Bugs are out to pollinate. They're going to be ending up in the drink. So bees, butterflies, ants, wasps, all those things that pollinate all the flowers with the sticky pollen that are out and about now are going to land in the water. Flies, shad darts, damsel nymphs, tiny clousers, bonefish patterns. All those will bring you shad, herring, catfish, carp will take them. Largemouth bass, smallmouth bass will all take those. You can be fishing for shad and catch snakeheads and 20-inch walleye. You never know what you're going to get in the springtime. Springtime in April in D.C. is shad. People want to go out for trout. Why? You've got 
four and six pound fish that will readily take a fly and jump. You can catch them from kayaks and canoes, or you can catch them from shore. Every spring in April, we are focusing on shad. They've been doing it for hundreds of years here. Shad is the dominant fishery in the springtime. If you're fishing for steelhead, stoneflies, pheasant tails, egg patterns, concentrate on those migrating fish in the tidal rivers. Trout are waking up in the mountains, but we are not focusing on them. Thus, it's annual periodicity. Once May comes around, the ball game changes. Fly fishing's in full swing now. School's out for college. Time to road trip. Start fishing. If you're in college and you're hearing this, fish as much as you can. You've only got a couple years left before you start working for the man, and you have to ask permission to go fishing. Do you really want to have to ask permission to go fishing? No. You don't have to ask now. Gas up the car, sleep in it, go on road trips. Constant warm days, thunderstorms in the afternoons. Be sure to check your radar, watch those clouds. Don't get caught out in the middle of a field with a lightning stick. Watch out for hail. I got caught in a thunderstorm in May last year and had to jump off the rocks to get away from the river with my fly rod and fell and nearly broke um, my pinky. And it still hurts to this day almost a year later. Plants, everything is green. The woods are starting to fill. The undergrowth is full. It's beautiful out. Stripers are hungry. They're in. They're ready to feed on those lingering migratory fish. Snakeheads are just as active. Once May is over, they're going to start spreading out back to their lairs. They're going to hide under those docks, back into the shallow waters when it gets warm. Damselflies and dragonflies are in the air. Throw nymphs. Terrestrials are now prevalent. One major event you can predict that's based on annual periodicity, the Mother's Day Caddis Hatch on the Arkansas River. You've heard about it your entire life, that anglers will flock to a specific river on Mother's Day, which happens every year around the same time of year, because the insects hatch at that same time of year, and the fish are going to feed on them. The whole purpose of this podcast is events like that. Popping bugs and sliders for bass, clousers for stripers, shad darts for remaining shad, Caddis and mayfly dries and terrestrials in the mountains for stream. Green weenies because the caterpillars are out now. Caterpillars are not going to be out when there's no leaves. Once the leaves appear, they've got something to munch on. They're going to fall in the water. Caterpillars aren't smart. Green weenies represent the caterpillars that dangle down on their little silk thread and end up in the water. Now that the tourists are gone, I'm focusing on the tidal section, the Potomac, and the Rappahannock. Cherry blossoms, gone. Crowds, gone. I can fish the tidal basin. Stripers are going to be in thick in the Rappahannock River. You can wade out. Take a couple clousers, stick them in your hat, your bathing suit, wade out and fall them with flat. Potomac, get that fly out. Use that two-handed rod and a skagit or scandy line. Throw some big hoops. Get that line out there in the main current. You're going to find those stripers. End of May, I tail off from the tidal Potomac and I start focusing on suburban lakes for largemouth bass. June. Water now is warm enough to wet wade. Put away your waders, even if you were wearing them on the rocks on the Potomac. You don't need them anymore. It's hot. You're going to start sweating. You're going to get dehydrated. Vacation. School's out for the kids. Time to vacation. Are you going to the beach, the mountains? Are you road tripping to see the world's largest ball of yarn in the Midwest? Take your fly rods with you. We've got hot weather. You're going to get dehydrated, so keep that water with you. Afternoon thunderstorms are still a danger. The plants are lush and green, so start watching your back cast. Your back cast is going to end up in the trees. Don't fish bright green flies because you're going to lose them. Everything is awake and feeding for the fish. 
trout in tailwaters, trout in spring creeks, smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, sunfish. Everything is active now. The migratory fish are gone. Focus on those urban and suburban fisheries. Everything is fair game right now for insects. Anything that's hatching, match it. The fish are going to be eating everything. It's their time of the year where everything's out. They're not too particular. Damsel nymphs, topwater bass bugs with a dropper on them is what I'm going to fish. PMDs out on the Colorado River, yellow sallies up here on the tailwaters in Maryland, big stoneflies in southern parts of Colorado. The days are longer. You can fish in at dusk now, 7 p.m. River levels are dropping too, which is going to congregate those fish into more precise areas. So the Potomac, you can start going to river bend. The water's not 10 feet up on the banks as it was a month ago. It's narrow. The water's gin clear. You can start sight casting the bass. The largemouth on the suburban lakes are eagerly going to take the either dropper or the foam bass bug. We're going to start hitting bass in the two-pound categories left and right. They're going to be underneath pontoon boats, underneath docks, in the shade of trees. Those fish don't have eyelids. They don't like the sunlight. They're going to be waiting in ambush for something in the sunlight. And they're going to shoot out and eat it. July is one of my favorite times of the year to fish. July 4th might take you somewhere fun, so be sure to take your fly rods wherever you may be going. I've done July 4th in Maine, Colorado, Florida. I've always taken a fishing rod. I mean, that's part of traveling to being an angler. You always take a fly rod wherever you go in case you get into fly fishing. The weather, it's hot and humid. Thunderstorms are regular, and the summer droughts are starting on the Potomac. Submerged aquatic vegetation is in full growth. Watch out for poison ivy and stinging nettles along the riverbanks. However, with all those nasty plants, you can start foraging on wild berries. Smallmouth and largemouth season is upon us. That's what my focus is. We're going to be fishing suburban lakes for largemouth. We're going to be fishing the middle sections of the Potomac above Great Falls for smallmouth. If I was out west, I'd start fishing my big hopper patterns on the spring creeks and tailwaters and any stream that flows through a meadow. Dragonflies are out and the bass are leaving for them. Japanese beetles are one of the best introduced species for brown trout because they go bonkers for them. Chernobyl ants are going to cover most big splatty insects that are going to fall in the water. Foam beetles, crayfish. You can have some big drakes hatching out west, and pretty much any other large bug is going to get those trout moving. They're warm. They're active. They're going to start feeding. The days are longer. You can start fishing till 8 p.m. on the Potomac, even longer out west where it gets dark at 10 p.m. So... This is your time. The weather's nice. You can be anywhere in the country on vacation. Go fly fishing. I'm going to have most of my clients in July out on the drift boat on the lake banging big, beefy, rubber-legged foam patterns with a nymph dropper up against log jams, up against cattails, pickerel weed, pontoon boats, docks, and anything that's got overhanging branches. We are going to destroy some bass this summer. And every summer, because I've grown up here and I know that the bass are pretty much phenomenally biting in July. It's uh, full-on summer, wet waiting. Put those waders away. If you're out west, uh, you know, wellies. Just wear a good pair of wellies or a pair of Chaco sandals if you don't mind the cacti and some of the really brussely 
plants along the riverbanks. Trostrums are warming up and dropping as evaporation is going to take some of the water out. So, uh, you know, be careful about stressing some of the mountain streams that are going to be affected by our annual drought. August. Consider this the last month of summer. Congress is out in D.C. Traffic is moving less. You can get places faster. The best part about August in D.C., as my dad said, is you can get a table at any restaurant at lunchtime because D.C. is empty. You can ride your bike anywhere now because the streets are empty. There's no school buses. The kids are gone. Last-minute vacations before school. Call these the dog days of summer. You're going to get typical droughts. So the trout streams, uh, unless they're spring creeks, are going to be fairly low. The tailwaters, if the reservoirs don't have water coming in, they're not going to have a lot of water coming out. Potomac River is going to start dropping very much. Maybe uh, you know a foot of shoreline a week might be getting exposed in, in August. Submerged aquatic vegetations, thick mats of weeds cover the Potomac. Paw paws are in season at the end of the month, so you can get a free shore snack. It's like a, it looks like a green tennis ball that someone stepped on. It's got some big seeds in it, and it tastes like banana pudding. Um, those only grow in the sandy uh, deposits along the Potomac River, it's, you know, around here. So, uh, you know, it's the favorite food of uh, the colonials, and try it. Just, just kind of pop it open with your hands and get some vitamins and nutrients while you're fishing. Sunfish and smallmouth are going to be everywhere. They're going to be eating with aggression. Bang those banks, docks, any structure for bass, be it largemouth or smallmouth. White fly hatch. It's August. Any angler in the mid-Atlantic knows about the white fly hatch, and they specifically know about it on the yellow breaches. There are groups of buses that will go and fish the yellow breaches in the summertime at dusk. It's like a light switch goes off up there. You can be fishing one minute at dusk, and nothing's going on, and the next second, there are giant bugs everywhere in the sky. Like the movie The Bird, just swarms of insects. Don't go to the yellow breaches in August on the weekends. Everyone's going to be in the parking lot, and then everyone's going to be spread throughout the river right at dusk. Annual cicadas are going to be dropping in the river. Ants, bees, wasps, hoppers, leaf hoppers, crickets, beetles, and big old June bugs. June bugs are those large quarter-sized beetles that you see flying around um, in open fields. They're basically predators, uh, and then they you know, you know lay their eggs in poops. White fly patterns for the dusk, coffin flies, white wolves, sulfur patterns, anything that's just kind of off yellow or white is going to work at dusk. Some anglers have pre-rigged three dry flies and then a dropper ready to go so when it's dark out and the fish are still feeding they can just do a loop to loop connection and put that rig on if you're fishing smallmouth focus on top water uh, if you want something big smallmouth in the potomac will eat sunfish that you have hooked so throw a sunfish pattern on a sinking line fishing's better than july wet waiting until 9 p.m for smallies you can paddle your canoe till dusk and dark trout streams are going to be low in the mountains don't fish where the fish are stressed. The water's narrow. There's not a lot of oxygen. We've learned that warmer water holds less oxygen. So those fish, if you catch them, are going to be stressed, and they may not recover, and they will die. Plus, they're drying up. They've got enough stress from raccoons and other things picking them out of shallow water. So leave the brook trout alone that time of year. September. Anglers. If you're not preparing for salmon and steelhead run, what are you doing? School is back, so you're planning next month's trip to fish for salmon. Everyone around here, 
Um, if they know about the tributaries in the Great Lakes are playing for the salmon and steelhead. Warm days um, and nights keep the fish active. Cooler weather is going to pick up in a few weeks. You're going to have to switch out your flip-flops for some shoes in the morning. Noticeably cooler each day you wet wade. Middle September, little cold late September, I'll be shivering. Start wearing fleece in the mornings when I get out of my car and meet clients in the parking lot. Plants. Submerged aquatic vegetation are going to start to die back. The waters become a little more clear. Sumac plants are going to be the first to start to change. Sunnies and smallmouth still abound. Schooly stripers start picking up at dusk as the water cools off. Not much change from last month, bug-wise. Still a few white flies at dusk. There are articles that state that a trout can remember food that was predominant at least two weeks prior. So if the white fly hatch is tapered off, according to studies, you can still throw white flies at dusk. And they will recognize them and go out of their way to eat them. Beadhead nymphs for panfish poppers for bass. White flies are still going to work on the spring creeks. Um, at the Potomac, you will hear them called white millers there. They will come off um, all along the tidal section, just floating down below Little Falls. You will see them in dominance. Uh, there's the old picture of Lefty Cray in a boat where the uh, canoe is nothing but white flies. It's completely full. You're not going to see hatches like that anymore as water quality has gone down. As warm water fishing starts to taper off, we're going to begin focusing on fall migrations. Fall migrations start in October. Anglers are going to focus on the migrations. Columbus Day weekend can get crowds on the water, so you don't want to go and fish the Salmon River on Columbus Day. You're going to have to battle it out for all those hundreds of people from all over New England that are coming out there to fish. You can get late season warmth. You can get early cold. Leaves are changing and filling up the water. The SAVs have died back. The water is quite clear. You may be nymphing and get caught on a fly and I'm sorry, you may get caught on a leaf and it'll give you this false sense that you got a strike. So be very cautious when you're ticking the bottom with your nymphs. You got stripers are going to start filling up in the tidal section of the Potomac. They're going to congregate anywhere where the tide is ripping out of a tidal creek. The Tidal Potomac Fly Rotters, tpfr.org, have a major focus on the fall striper fishing in the Potomac. Fish up to 30 inches on clousers from shore. Stripers and blues on the bay and stripers and blues in the northeast. Those fish are going to start migrating south and gorge themselves on all the bait fish that are migrating with them or leaving the tributaries for the open ocean. Steelhead salmon and brown trout arrive on the Great Lakes to spawn and people are preparing for the albacore and bonito blitzes that will arrive after the blues and stripers taper off. Bugs, still throw hoppers. Warm days, you're going to get some beetles. Um, still, you know, blooming olive hatches are going to happen. But mostly um, nymphing, underwater stuff. We're going to be focusing on fishing clousers in the tidal sections, the Great Lakes, stoneflies, pheasant tails, eggs, sucker spawns, estaz flies, egg-sucking leeches, and buggers. You can throw a tractor drives for the mountain brookies. I haven't really mentioned the brookies, but... At this time of year, the males are also spawning, so they have brilliant colors. So you go up, fish the changing colors in the woods with the changing colors of the fish. You can pick up apple cider and apples on your way home from the various farmer's markets out in the Shenandoah Valley. I love fishing in October. 
It's a time when you start getting your thick wool sweaters out. You start digging out your fleece hats. You start wearing a, a jacket when you go out to the restaurants at night. Um, it's very seasonal for us. Down here, we get the leaves changing. You start seeing the root vegetables showing up on menus. Um, Halloween is in the air, you know, homecoming. It's a very festive time, and fishing is just as festive in October. One of my other, uh, you know, July is my favorite hot time to fish. Uh, October is probably my favorite um, cool weather time to be fly fishing. November brings anglers um, packing their gear for the season. Why? It's uh, still great fishing, you know. Some places fishing is year-round. Vacation, uh, you got Thanksgiving. We travel every other year to Columbus, Ohio. One year, I will actually get out and fish the Mad River and some of the other um, Lake Erie trips for steelhead. It's been on my plan for 10 years uh, since I've known my in-laws, so, um, you know, it's, it's going to happen one day. Salmon are all dead. The crowds are gone from the salmon tributaries. Steelhead are active, so once the crowds thin out, you can start going after the steelhead. Harker's Island is the main focus for people around here for false albacore. So you're either in the fall fishing Great Lake Tribs for salmon steelhead trout or fishing the Atlantic coast for bluefish, stripers, false albacore, bonito. It's cold. They say the first frost coincides with the first false albacores. You can get some early snow. Leaves are done changing and are off the trees. Um, you get daylight savings. So, you know, time changes and light are going to be different. Most of the plants are dormant for the winter. You still have leaves falling in, so watch those drifting nymphs. Fish are slowing down for the season, unless you've got the tailwaters and the spring creeks. Um, Potomac, you're still going to get stripers, but uh, it's going to taper off. Warm days are going to bring out some bugs, but you're mainly going to be fishing bait fish patterns for those saltwater fish. Um, bugs on the, the tribs, you know, still going to be caddisfly, stonefly, mayfly, nymphs, egg patterns. Anglers are going to be following those migrations of oceanic fish from New England down to Jersey, from Jersey down to the Bay, from the Bay down to North Carolina, North Carolina to Georgia. You get different groups of these fish. You get ones that live in Georgia in the winter and then that spawn up in the spring in the Chesapeake Bay. The ones that live in the Chesapeake Bay in winter go to New England for the summer. The ones that spend the winter in New England go to Newfoundland for the summer. So you basically get a rotation. One group leaves, one group comes in. And people follow those fish as they're feeding. They're putting on their winter fat just as us. Thanksgiving is sort of a primordial event for us to bulk up on our fat reserves for winter. Last but not least, we've got December. Anglers, if it's cold, suck it up. You know how to layer if you listen to my previous podcast. So you know, do your layering, get out and fish when other people are too cold. Everyone shopping for Christmas presents. Avoid Tyson's Corner Mall and go hit up Big Honey Creek or Mossy Creek. Go hit up Beaver Creek. Hey, you know what? They just stocked Akatink Creek and Homes Run. Go fish for trout right under the beltway. There's no reason you really have to go three hours to Central PA to go trout fishing unless you want wild trout. But if you want to catch some pretty stockies, they're five minutes from our backyard. It's cold out. The days are getting dark early. The 21st is the shortest daylight day of the year don't get depressed with dark days go out and fish it's brown and gray out don't let that cabin fever keep you secluded inside fish those spring creeks and tailwaters they produce all year round when we're focusing on shad in the springtime and bass in the summer the constant places that produce fish are going to be 
the spring creeks. Well, now's the time of year when you can hit those up and regularly have days where you're going to catch fish. The bugs are going to be at midges and occasional hatches, depending on the weather. Small nymphs and beefy streamers for trout. Crest bugs on the spring creeks. Get out on Christmas and enjoy fly fishing while everybody else is opening presents. Get out on New Year's Eve when everyone else is going out shopping for champagne and fondue sets. Go out on New Year's Day, that's January, when everyone else is hungover. Trout and tailwaters are active. Trout and spring creeks. Just because it's cold out does not mean you can't go fly fishing. So, that's my podcast on annual periodicity of fly fishing. You can base where and when you're going to fish based on the time of year. And it's not just you that follow these rhythms. It's the birds. Robins are always going to be out in the springtime. You're going to get geese and ducks moving in the fall. Those are all signs that things are changing. The fish migrate at the same time too and start feeding. Flowers are going to come out at periodic times of the year. Dogwoods. Cherry blossoms in the spring are shad. Leaves change in the fall, brook trout in the mountains, salmon and steelhead in the tribs. Things happen on a cyclical annual cycle, and as a fly fisherman, you've been bombarded with this for years in books and magazines, TV shows, and the chalkboard in the back of your fly shop. It's a cyclical, repetitive fly fishing experience for us, and I hope this brought to light some of the things that you might start paying more attention to in your surroundings. Most of it was directed towards me fly fishing the Potomac River and its waterways because I've lived here my entire life. I've been paying attention my whole life, and that is what I do for a living. People say, what are we going to be fishing for in March? We're going to be fishing warm water discharges. April, we're going to be fishing for shad and snakeheads. May, shad, snakeheads, bass. June, bass, sunfish. July, bass, sunfish. August, bass, sunfish. September, stripers, mountain trout. October, tributaries with flowing tides, stripers. We're going to be fishing for salmon, steelhead, and brown trout. November, the same, basically. We're going to start fishing warm water discharges now that it's winter. You can go and actually warm your hands up in 70-degree water when it's snowing in December. Just because it's cold out, you shouldn't put off fly fishing. So I thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast Series 1 Episode 19. Next up, let's talk about what life would be like if you didn't fly fish. Something my wife would love to see in our house. Thanks for uh, listening. If you want to leave me an email, rob at robsnowwhite.com. You can always reach me online and follow my blog, follow me on Twitter. Cheers.